Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, where normally, I say this every time we do one of these, but normally, two guys sit down and talk about a record that one of them has heard and one is now listening to for the first time. But we're doing another discography draft. My name is Scott. I'm here with my good friend, Brand. Brand, how's it going? It's going great. I was severely in my feels for a bunch of this, uh, the, the the research that I did for this. I mean, by research, I mean listening, listening. to the discography. <laughs> yeah. This week, we're doing the discography draft of the band The Used. You obviously have some uh, feelings towards the band. Yeah, I mean, the the only time we do discography drafts is our bands that we both have a lot of experience with. We both listen to at least most of what they have, and we both yep. have a positive view of them normally. Yeah, for sure. That, that That's not saying I'm against d- drafting a discography of a band I despise, even if I had to listen to... <laughs> oh, that'd be something we, different. We draft in toll. Is that what we're doing? We're drafting toll. <laughs> We'd have to take a month to listen to all of Tool. I tell you what, I wouldn't. I wouldn't need a month. You give me a week. You give me a week, and I'll I'll have a list for you. I guarantee you that. I'll have a list. Uh, but no, yeah, the, the used is a big band for me, and I, I I'm pretty sure it's a fairly large band for you as well. Oh yeah, there is uh one or two records that when we went through it for this week, I had either not listened to or slightly forgot about. We'll get there when we talk about them, but going back and listening to them, they have just a really solid discography. Yeah. Like all I, the way. Yeah. There were, well, I went back like two or three years ago. Now I went back and revisited their whole discography and there were three albums that I'd never listened to at that point. But I was, oh, okay. I was completely caught up when we started this. I knew all the records already. Gotcha. I have a, I have a few notes before we get into the draft. For anybody who doesn't know the band The Used, just giving you a little background, really uh, dumbed down version of our normal deep dive into uh, artists. But uh, The Used is an American rock band from Orem, Utah, that formed in 2001. The group consists of vocalist Burt McCracken, bassist Jeff Howard, drummer Dan Whitesides, and guitarist Joey Bradford. The group signed to Reprise Records and rose to fame in June 2002 after releasing their self-titled debut album. They followed up their debut with their second album, In Love and Death, in September 2004. Their third album, Lies for the Liars, in May 2007. Their fourth studio album, Artwork, was released in August 2009. Fifth album, Vulnerable, was released March 2012 uh, through Hopeless Records. They followed up their Hopeless debut with their sixth album, Imaginary Enemy, in April 2014. Then their seventh studio album, The Canyon, in October 27th, 2017, which is dedicated to Tragen, a friend of Burt's who shot himself in Provo Canyon after coming off his antidepressants for about a week. They followed up that double album with 2020's release heart work with big noise music group their musical style has been described as emo post-hardcore punk rock screamo alternative rock pop punk hard rock and heavy metal 
bassist Jeff Howard has stated, we just don't consider ourselves emo or screamo, and we never have. We're a rock band. That's all we've ever been. For artwork, McCracken described their genre as gross pop. Uh, On their fifth album, Vulnerable, McCracken stated that there is a lot of hip-hop influence, beats, and drum and bass kind of stuff, but it is also still the used, uh, with many soft and heavy, brutal, sharp, bright sounds, and the tempos are anywhere from ultra-slow to super-fast and heavy. So basically, they just describe themselves as themselves yeah Yeah. (laughs) hey guys you want to know what genre we are we're the used we're the used yeah i think i've only seen the used once the used are one of the bands along with slipknot that i've never gotten a chance to see they are one is that right that that i and i mean slipknot's kind of written off at this point because it's a different slipknot we talked about that yeah but i i think i would still see the used today especially after listening to their whole discography i would don't get me wrong i'd like to see the set list just yeah. to know what they're they're playing, right. but I I it's still they're still one on the list, and I'm glad, you know, I guess knock on wood that that's still a possibility at this point. I'm glad all the dudes are still together and the band's still going, you know. Yeah, I think the one time I saw them was just after those they're self titled. Like I saw them early on at like a smaller a smaller venue. And it, did you learn of them there? Well, how did you learn and discover become aware of the used? I think it was one of those situations where I picked up the CD at a store okay. just looking at the artwork. Or I could have heard that John Feldman was a producer on it. That was information I learned while listening through to this. That John Feldman Uh-oh. is a, a a writer, producer, and engineer on every album except one. Yep. And he is, for those of you who don't know, the singer-songwriter... Uh, vocalist, uh, singer and vocalist are the same thing. My bad. Guitarist uh, for the band Goldfinger. Yeah, and I did not know that. And that makes a lot of the super catchy things make so much more sense. Goldfinger is a ska band, more in the veins of pop. They did Superman, right? That was their yeah. big hit. Yeah. So anybody that has ever played a Tony Hawk game, you know <laughs> the, the Goldfinger song Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I love John Feldman. I think he's amazing. Looking through, I went through just a few of his production credits and they're vast Mm -hmm. and like span genres. Like he's just good at what he does. When I looked at his production credits, it made sense to me where I was like, oh, this is why Goldfinger is still a band. Yeah, right. (laughs) Because he doesn't need Goldfinger to make him a, a, a living. No, not saying no. It, not saying it doesn't, but I'm saying he is doing very well outside of Goldfinger. That Goldfinger is just a passion project, 100. percent And their last record, I didn't mind so much. It was pretty all right. I learned of the used, and mm. this will put you in a very specific time period. I was very into the MTV television reality show, The Osbournes. Oh, he dated Kelly for a while, didn't he? Season one, Bert showed up. That's right. Dating Kelly, and Ozzy hated him because he was like this weird, grungy dude who didn't shower. Yeah. I don't think Ozzy liked harsh vocals. So he mentioned something about like like Bert's harsh vocals because it was early, the used. Yeah. And that made me go, hold on. Because by the way, still to this day, from from like original Osborne's, I've had a crush on Kelly Osborne my entire life. Like I <laughs> love I love Kelly Osborne. Yeah. So like knowing that she was dating Bert, I was like, okay, I need to look up what this Bert dude's about. And then <laughs> that's when I learned of the used the band and that's when I became a fan of the band the used and have been yeah. a fan ever since. I fell off for a bit, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. Yeah. But I I am still a, a very big fan of the used. I forgot that he was on that show. After this listening through their discography, I can probably say the used are probably in my top five favorite bands, period. Like I, I love the used. Yeah, that's that's quite the statement. Yeah, I I adore the used. And we'll you'll find when we're going over some of these records that Bert, it might be a major reason why. <laughs> yeah, he puts his feelings out there in the music and a lot. There are songs and like sounds and things that happen that if it was any other band, I would say I don't like this. 
But Bert's vocals for me gets a pass. Something about Bert's vocals always hit home to me. Yeah. Something about Bert's vocals just they're always pleasing to me, whether it's a harsh vocal or a non-harsh vocal. I love all of it. I love Bert's voice. Big fan. He has a, he has a great voice. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's his harsher vocals or if it's like his singing, like as he does later on in the discography, I I think he has an amazing, an amazing and distinctive voice. Well, now that we've slobbered over the band this whole first 10 minutes, now let's get into the draft itself. <laughs> Sure. Uh, so, as always, we did our rock, paper, scissors before we started recording. Yeah, and as always, guess who fucking won? I, I came back with the win on this one. I had, You know what? I had a feeling this morning when I woke up, my first thought was paper. Okay, then that's why I lost, because I didn't wake up with a game in mind of we're playing rock, paper, scissors. That's you the have problem. to have a plan, bro. I needed to wake up with with uh, one of them in mind, and I did not. Yeah. And I panicked at the last minute and changed it. And here we sit. Yeah, even me. even while we were doing it, you were like, "No, wait, no, wait, uh, nope, okay." <sighs> yeah, here here we go. Me losing yeah. out on records that I want. Great. First pick is tough for me with this one. Oh no, my first pick would be tough too. But if you get the first pick. Because we don't do a snake draft, which I'm starting to think maybe we fucking should. Because we don't do a snake draft, the person who picks second is in severe disadvantage because the person who picks first gets two big albums. Two big albums. Yeah. And we can do the snake draft next time. Yeah, imagine that. Maybe. Because <laughs> I definitely have a handful of records that mean a lot to me. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go with. Oh, shit. No, I'm not. Oh, God damn it. Um, it's tough. It's really, really tough. I'm going to go with the self-titled album, their first mm-hmm. record. Saw that coming. This record blew me away when I picked it up. This album uh, still blows me away today. It's amazing. And it's, an, it's wild. There's still the story that I've heard. I don't know where I heard it from. It might've been on like a, a DVD or something that I saw that, when they were recording this record, Bert was so into his harsh vocals at one point that while he was recording vocals during a heavy screaming part, he threw up. <laughs> like his body was just like, nah. And he just threw up into a bucket. <laughs> and that that stuck with me. Like, can you imagine being yeah. so into it where you're mid song and just like, you just have to throw up. It's it's insane. The dedication that he had to recording that track was undeniable. Another thing about this record, the the main reason I picked it, uh, there is a song on here, Blue and Yellow, mm-hmm. that is a song that I had uh, on Emily's mixed CDs for our anniversary nearly every month after it came out. It is actually a song that we danced to at our wedding. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it, that blue and yellow means a lot, a lot to me. I consider blue and yellow part of what I call the B trilogy because right in a row you have buried myself alive, box of sharp objects and blue and yellow. And they're all fucking banger tracks. They're every all single so one. Good. Yeah. yeah. I, I think taste of ink was the first single they put out. I think taste of ink to this day may still be their, their biggest song. I, it probably is. It's amazing. Yeah. I love that track. I love Say Days Ago. Taste of Ink was kind of like my, it's kind of like my graduation song, but it wasn't our class's graduation song. It was just your personal. There were like me and like three people around me at graduation practice. And then at graduation that we were just singing it like constantly with each other. So it, yeah. it reminds me of graduation a lot. And I, I do love that track. Yeah. Maybe Memories is an insane opener for a debut album. It really is like their sound is already fully realized and fully developed. Like it's it's unreal right from the get. It's it's unreal how confident they are in this first record. Yeah, it's crazy. And then on my own personally is is a huge track for me. The first used track I probably ever heard was on this record. And it is the hidden track. I was just going to say, was it choke me? (laughs) It was choke me. Yeah. 
Because it was, well, when I was watching Osborne's and you didn't have access to the kind of way you have access to music now. So I probably went to, you know, the old Casa, the old, uh, yeah, LimeWire, Lime BearShare yeah. and, <laughs> and downloaded the first U song that was Choke Me and it blew my mind. I said, yeah. this is this type of music that I'm trying to listen to. And that is an unlisted hidden track. Yeah. Is awesome. It, it ends, it ends up popping up on a, like a B-sides record later. Yeah. But later on. I think Poetic Tragedy is an incredibly like mature, structured song. Like it sounds like a rec- a, a track that would be on a band's third record. It's how right. crazy that song yeah. is. I, I had that feeling for like this whole record. Like this seems mm-hmm. like I don't because I I mean they were together for a while before putting out this record, but like just a more comfortable with each other type record. Yeah. Like they yeah. everybody knows what everybody is capable of. And mm-hmm. they do it to such a high degree. And I think part of that might've been John Feldman coming through with the production because he was so established already. I think so. Yeah. And being a, in a ska band, being the lead of a ska band, you're also in charge <laughs> of different horns and stuff. You know what I mean? Completely yeah. different instruments. And you know how, uh, how structured songs need to be mm-hmm. in order for everybody to get their moment in each song. You have to give everybody room to breathe and, yeah. And all that being said, though, I also do. I know they said they don't see themselves as emo, but I think the used are forgotten a lot when we talk about the kings of emo, because yeah. these first two records, holy hell. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. They go more than what the generic cookie cutter example of emo is. But right. there's so much emotional baggage on some of these tracks that it's impossible to avoid it. 100%. So uh, that's my pick. Time for your yeah. first pick. I have a yeah. feeling I know what it's going to be. The problem is there's yeah. a record that I really want and then a yeah. record that I can't not have. Oh, so I think I need to I need to take the one that I can't live without first. OK, I'm worried because because <laughs> I don't want you to take it. Please don't be one that I really need as well. Because I'm, I was fighting with the same situation that you are now fighting with. I mean, it might be one time. you don't even. It might be one that you don't even like. Because I have a feeling there's parts of this this discography that we're going to disagree on. I, I have a feeling. Imagine so, things. because there is certain switch ups they do in their discography that I think we will have differing opinions. Yeah, some of it will make you happy, and some of it will make me happy. Yeah, exactly. So my first pick, I have to make it, will be Lies for the Liars. Oh, man. I I couldn't have lost this record. I needed this record for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. The first one being this was the first new used album I got into. Like I was I got into the used and then I was like, oh, there's a new used record coming out. And then this one was it. And then I downloaded it on release day. And also, the the burn the worm is a great single. I love it. As it a really single. is, yeah. But it also is much more like horror based than the rest of the record. Almost like it's a different sound. That's what kind of makes it lower tier for me. This is one that you would not have had to worry about later on in the draft. I needed to worry about it though because yeah. I needed no, this I record, t- and I totally get it. Like when we pick. There's a certain amount of strategy and feels mm-hmm. that go into it. But th- for me, this one was one I was going to settle with later on in the draft. I feel like it's because there's a lot of electronic production in this. There's, there's a, lot a lot of electronic sounds. Yep. Um, I think Ripper is a great opener. It sets the table for this album. Yeah. The This album's actually pretty riff driven, like as opposed to the last two. Like there's a lot of riffs going on in this. Sure. Pretty handsome, awkward as a banger. Burden the worm still rips. Earthquake and smother me are huge. Smother me are huge records, huge tracks for Tara and I. Yeah, smother so, me is a big, big one too. I love smother me. Tara is coming down the aisle to an instrumental acoustic piano version of smother me. That's awesome. That's uh, I mean I needed this record. Earthquake is for huge sure. for us too. That was yeah. another like huge one in our relationship. Uh, another track that was huge is Hospital. It was a favorite of my buddy Tim, who has passed away. Mm, I miss you, dog. Yeah. 
And it's just weird, though, that like he loved that track so much. And I, I would even fight him with it. I'd be like, it's not that good of a song. It's a fine song. It's whatever. It's there's it's, better songs on the record. Sure. But I don't know if because he actually spent so much time in hospitals, like he had to go mm. for when his he, he had an aortic aneurysm. He had to go because he had cancer. He had to go like just he was in the hospital a lot. So I don't know if it spoke to him in a way, even though the track's called hospital. And let's be real. It's about a fucking ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On the way to the hospital. Yeah, it's not about the hospital. It's about yeah. the ambulance. Yeah. Wake the Dead could be a Foxy Shazam song. I don't know Foxy Shazam, but okay. I'll trust you on it. Do you really not know Foxy Shazam? Who's if Foxy they're not on the list, Shazam. If there's not on the list, we missed something up. Foxy Shazam's gone on the list. Sure. I'm glad we could come that's, up with a with a list band wild. on a discography draft. I, I was almost positive you knew who Foxy Shazam was. That's why I never even wrote it down. But okay. Also, we hit another another hidden track in this that haunts me at the end of smother me yeah um queso dia queso dia queso dia <laughs> queso dia i can't see the word or say or eat or do anything with a quesadilla without saying queso dia queso dia queso <laughs> and it haunts me to this day i can't escape this it. is this is a hidden track that i didn't need I it haunts me. I love it. I love it. And it haunts me. Uh, but it is just it's an incredible album. I love it so much. And do I wish I would have picked a different one knowing now that you wouldn't have taken this one? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But I needed yeah. this record. Back no, I totally and... get it. And there are some tracks on here that I really, really do like. But I think maybe because they did switch it up a bit from the first two records, maybe I didn't it. I didn't gravitate towards it. I also really don't like the end of Liar Liar. Okay. Uh, when he gets that super whiny voice saying the <laughs> yeah. whole the whole thing. Uh, but that track, I like that track a lot. Yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now since you told me we're not doing a snake draft, what's your next pick? Oh, this is I know what I should pick and I know what I want to pick. See, the problem is, if you pick the one that you should pick, the one that you want to pick might be gone next round. I know, I know. But then, like, that one means a lot to me, too. I, okay, I'm going with In Love and Death. Yeah, God damn it. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> that, that record, like, as, as popular as they got with their self-titled, they blew up with In Love and Death. The gun loading sound at the beginning of Take It Away is perfect. <laughs> da, da, because... Da, da. Yeah, this is a loaded gun of an album. It does it's explode so in your face. Amazing. Yeah, there's so many great songs on it. I don't think there's a skip at all. Yeah, no. A, a side is flawless. A side is definitely flawless. Let me look at B side. Yesterday's feelings is huge for me. You'll learn that uh, the slower used songs for me are always like big just yeah. because there's so much emotion involved in them usually side a is almost a perfect side of record like if if we sat down and mm. we're like drafting side a's i would yeah. take side a of this record that's how fucking good it is but there's uh like i think light with a sharpened edge and sound effects and over dramatics just don't do anything for me either one really of them i love light with a sharpened edge i but love every other so every much. other track every other track on that record i get down hard with. to say and, is amazing i'm a fake is like an amazing closer followed up by another hidden track, which we can talk about shortly. But all that I've got is so amazing. Cut up angels. I think listening might be my least favorite song off it, but it's still really great. I like listening. I'm a big fan of listening. Yeah. Uh, I like I caught fire is a perfect song. It's so, yeah. Let it bleed. And all that I've got are both giant songs. They're so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday's feelings opening up to the B side is a chef's kiss. And yeah, Lunacy Fringe has always done something wild to me. I love that track, too. And then the uh, the under pressure cover with the <laughs> kings of the scene at the time, Bert and Mike Hem, Gerard Way doing the uh, was it Gerard Way doing Bowie or Freddie Mercury? It doesn't matter. Both of yeah, them doing know. those two. I remember the first time hearing him being like, they can't do under pressure. They can't do it. And then they get through it. And I'm like, fuck yeah, they did under pressure. <laughs> Just touching on the emo shit again. The intro to I'm a fake is God tier emo shit. Oh, yeah. 
like that spoken word intro to I'm a fake, that's God tier yeah. emo shit. Like that yeah. that can't be denied. That is emo. Like if you want to explain what emo was to somebody in music, you play like, the beginning of I'm a fake. Listen to the first 15 seconds of I'm a fake and then get back to me. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. I'm upset you got the first two records because yeah. I needed one of them, but I'm we'll sorry. see what happens. We'll see what kind happens of. down the road. Well, yeah. So your second pick. Yeah. But now that we're at this point, I feel like we're going to have different drafts from here on out. Like, I feel like we're probably not going to steal the others if I'm being 100% honest. Like, I don't know. I'm what still I have, worried. I'm still a little worried. You're not going to have to worry about this pick because I think we had a conversation about this before okay. and you're not going to be upset about this one. But I, th- this is the one I need with what's left on the board right now. I'm taking Heartwork. Okay. Heartwork is one that is one of the ones that I wasn't super familiar with. Well, I thought you, I thought we had a conversation about it and you said it never really did anything for you. Like you listened to it and it didn't really do anything. Yeah. But I have also said the used records always throw me off the first couple listens, but then they grow on me and become huge for me. Yeah. Heartwork is one that it's the newest one came Mm -hmm. out in 2020. First listen, I believe we both listened to it at the same time. Yep, I believe so. The first couple listens didn't really grab me. Yeah. But listening back this week. When uh, when we re-listen to the albums for this, I go through and I will like, I don't, com- I try not to compare them to the other ones. I just yeah. rank, I rate, I rate them based on how I feel. And then yes. I look at those ratings later. Yep, I'm with you. I do the same thing. Well, because the first three are all taken, I have the first three. They're almost equal. Like they're all at the same rating. I couldn't separate them. Like the first sure. three records, they're all the same. And then after that, this is my next highest ranked one. Okay. And to me, and it's going to be hard to talk about this one without talking about the album that came before it a little bit. So mm. that might happen, but that's fine. Like the opener paradise lost just, it feels like a, a hug. Welcome me back to the band. Like it's welcoming me back to the band that I love so much. Sure. Bert's yeah. Bert's vocals are front and center again. There's some yeah. harsh vocals back. Like mm-hmm. that's, I, I, that's what I wanted. I would probably hate bloody nose. If it was any other band, this is, this, these are the things that I'm I, talking about. Like I love bloody nose, but if a, if a different band did it, I wouldn't like it, but because be it's true. used yeah. because I love Bert so much. I love the song. Yeah, he gets a pass every time. Wow, I hate this <laughs> song is special to me, and I don't know why. It's like this I, meta thing that works. Yeah, I agree. That's that's one of my favorite songs off this record. It's just yeah, like it's there's a level of levity in that song that it's, it's so catchy too. Yeah, yeah, it's that realization where when you're a songwriter or in a band or something like that, you end up hating your own shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah, but it, yeah it's it's a great song i really like cathedral bell like that was one that was a single i believe or at least one that i sought out as it may okay. be a single sure Th- this album speaks to me for reasons i can't exactly explain if i'm being honest like clean cut heels is a pop song it is a but straight I love pop it. song and it's a fucking ripper i, I love it that's it's so that's good. another one of the songs on this record that i really love I mean, the three tracks, the features from Mark, Travis, and Caleb Shomo, like, I'll take all of them. Like, they're, I like all those songs, too. Like, I'm a fan of all those songs. Yeah. Lighthouse break- surprised me. Okay. That's the Mark Hoppus one, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is so groovy. <laughs> it is. Like, his bass on it is just so groovy. Yeah. That, like, just took me by surprise. Yeah. Obvious Blase is the Travis feature, and then yep. the Lottery is the Caleb Shomo feature. Yep. The breakdown in the lottery is insane. Dude, any song with Caleb on it has an insane breakdown. It has to. I think that's like written in the contract when you sign him to do a feature. <laughs> it has to have an amazing heavy breakdown so he can just yeah. scream his ass off. And yeah, I love this record to the point yeah. where what was it before? It, oh, in Deftones, I hadn't listened to uh, Koino Yukon. Yeah, I haven't gone and listened to the deluxe version of this yet with the 11 bonus tracks because I want those tracks to still exist. I didn't like, I want know that there was that. Yeah, there's a deluxe edition that has 11 more bonus tracks. 11 more tracks? Oh, yeah. man. And because wow. the, if, if it's the deluxe artwork, it's going to be from the same studio sessions. So I imagine yeah, it's going to sound similar. I would think so. 
So I just want that to exist. Like I, I knowing that that exists helps me be like, okay, if I ever need <laughs> something still desperately, <laughs> it's still there. Right. I get it. If ever I'm josing. <laughs> yeah. If they, if they release another album, I'll go and listen to this deluxe tracks. Sure. But I, I want them there in case something happens. And they're like, we're not a band anymore. We're done making records. But like, okay, I yeah, still yeah. Got 11, we still got 11 tracks. We'll be okay. <laughs> One day it'll come, like, it'll come yes. down to it and I'll need something. Yes. So now that I got my second record, even though I picked two that you didn't give a damn about. <laughs> I did me... One. <laughs> I, did, I did give a damn about hard work. I did. I did. Okay. Okay. So what is your third pick? Uh, my third pick is the one that I really, really wanted. Uh, that I was fighting with, but I'm I'm glad he didn't take it. It is artwork. Much like what you said about the used records for you, that was artwork for me. Is okay. where the the first time I listened to it, it did nothing for me. It, I was just sure. like, okay, it's it's weird. It's something about it felt weird to me. But much like the track "Blood on My Hands," it, yeah. the the whole record is an earworm. Like it just digs in it there. Just yeah, right. And then I you think, revisit. Yeah, I think that. That's what had happened with me on this record. I think this is the first record where that situation really happened for me was mm-hmm. that the first time I heard it, I was like, what, what exactly am I listening to? But yeah. as I listened, these tracks just grew on me so much that I could not deal with this draft, not having this record. And I'm so glad you didn't take it. Blood on my hands is amazing. Born to quit is phenomenal i love that song yeah. so much kissing you goodbye hits me so hard on the cross is a bright spot for me i'm a big fan uh, of that, i was just that, gonna that mention on the cross come undone is amazing meant to die i completely forgot existed and then the mm. melody hit me and i was like holy shit i know this whole track <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that, that's that's what happens with the used there's another record later we'll talk about i'm sure that there's like three songs on that record that I totally forgot, mm-hmm. but then I ended up singing along to them. It's so it, good. It feels darker. Like it feels like a darker record and it feels but a little not, grittier maybe, but not the horror that came out of lies for the liars. No, it's more of a, like it's, an emotional darkness. Yeah. And that's why I, I think that's why it hits me so hard. As much as I like those three prior records, this one, the seamless transitions between tracks is, is like, different than the other ones like the other ones the tracks are definitive tracks this one the tracks switch to each other and it just feels like one they yeah this is one of those ones we talked about it with the deftones draft this is one of those Mm -hmm. ones where when you sit down and listen to it you have to listen to the whole thing yeah i think i'll agree with that one yeah and this is one of the only ones i do not own on vinyl because it was such a i don't know how i feel about this for so long I don't own any of the used on vinyl uh, artwork and another record later that we'll talk about is, are the yeah. only two I don't own. I own every other one. Do you really? Oh, man. When I started collecting vinyl, that was one of the first bands that I like was You're like, I have to have them all. Yeah. Yeah. And to, to the point where you said that how their first record sounded so good, mm-hmm. it took me years to figure out what order their discography was in. And like how oh. shallow believer fits in there. I don't know if anybody sure. we're gonna pick that like the B sides record. I don't know. We could. But, it depends on where we get. But like I always like in my head, I was like, oh, shallow believer must be their first record. And then like the you because then I thought they're self-titled. I was like, but it's weird making yourself titled your second record, but then it yeah. does sound so so perfected. Yeah. I, I, I struggled with like their first four records forever to figure out which Just figure one out was. which order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny because, yeah, they go from such a perfected sound kind of Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, a band knowing what each other's doing to more loose. Yeah. Further down their discography. But that also might have to deal with changing members of the band because this is not a band that has stayed consistent throughout their entire career. I think Bert and Jeff might be the only ones that have been consistent. Jeff being the bassist. Yeah. I think the drummer and the guitarist have switched out at least a few times. An interesting thing, I don't know if you noticed this, but when I was listening to this, when I would look at the production credits on Amazon Music, for their first six records or so, when you go into like writing credits, mm-hmm. it has a percentage by each of their names. Does like it really? Power. I've never noticed that. Yeah, like it'll say like if there's four people credited, although they somebody always does get more credited. So like it'll be like somebody gets 30% and then the rest of them get like 24 points. Oh, something. wow. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, and I, that's really interesting. And I mean, obviously, that is really know, interesting. Obviously, your boy Feldman got a percentage in there because he was helping. Of all these course, guys. he did. <laughs> all right. Well, you got artwork, so yeah, that I got I mean, honestly. That would have been my next pick, 100%. That would have been what my it? next pick. Whew, so glad you're, I grabbed you're, it. You're, you're lucky you got it. So your so third pick. My third pick, and I just have to do this because you got those first two records. I'm taking their live album, Birth. Oh, that, that was one of my backups, too. Uh, I, I've mentioned Birth as my favorite yeah. live record, period. I, I just love it. of all I, time, yeah. And it has all those songs that I didn't get on the first two records. Yep. And played live so i'll take it you know i just that we, we already talked about a lot of these tracks because it's, it's just stuff from their first yeah. two records mostly yeah i think there was a there was like a teaser of pretty handsome awkward at the at the end of it but because it was it came out prior to lies for liars but i i love it i, I don't even need to watch the video because it, it came out as a live cd dvd and i don't even need the oh, dvd okay. i can just listen to just hear it it's yeah it's it's great and the album art for it like a like a dead shark on the bottom of the ocean like sliced yeah. open with birth coming out of it it's yeah like, weird pretty <laughs> yeah. I, I love the art i love the live record i i needed to get it especially because you got those first two records so I yeah needed birth. uh that was if i didn't get if i didn't get the first two records that was my backup for it i'm glad i got it i'm <laughs> glad you didn't take that from me too <laughs> I, I, yeah. We don't have much to talk about Birth. It's a live record. It's great. It's my favorite live record. Yeah. There's not much to say because we already talked about the songs. For sure. Okay. So for my fourth pick, this is wild because this is, I have all four of my picks that I really wanted and needed. Vulnerable is my fourth pick. Okay. That was one of the first ones that I didn't hear from them. Is that right? I fell off before Vulnerable. Artwork, okay. like I said, artwork was so different to me. Yeah, that I kind of was like, like, even though it was an earworm, it was still one of those situations where I wasn't sure if they were heading in the direction that I wanted to be at. Yeah, I gotcha. So I just didn't even listen to their next three records. Their opener, I Come Alive, I think is one of their best songs. I just I love it. I, I think it's amazing. I think Hands and Faces is good. Shine is fantastic. Now That You're Dead is great. Shine is a bright spot for me. Now that you're dead is great. I think Hurt No One is fantastic. Yeah. I think Together Burning Bright is a fantastic closer. That is such an amazing closer. There were multiple versions of the used showing up on this record. For like sure. You have you had some of the original used, you had some of a artwork used, and then you mm -hmm. had some of this. In my head, this feels like a transitional record. Like, yes, sure. it needed to be made, but they were they were also trying to figure out what they wanted to do with themselves through this record. This, this record, more than any other that they've done, has the powerful slow songs. And like I said earlier on today, the slow songs from the used for me are their amazing highlights. And that might be why there aren't highlights on this for me. Because to be. me, this record misses with the there's no absolute undeniable tracks on it for me like all, sure. every other record has a couple one or two just absolutely undeniable tracks and yeah. vulnerable it, it's a solid record but to me it's scattered and there's not one of those standout tracks sure i gotcha but yeah definitely for me i, I think it, i think it's great so now i'm in a weird position yeah now under your fourth pick do i want to do the thing do i do i, do <laughs> do I, really I want to do, do the thing, thing? Are you going to do the thing? What's I don't know what the thing is, but I always appreciate uh, the thing. I might do the thing. If if the thing that you're talking about, I think it should be on the main list. I don't know if we I don't know if we're talking about the same thing. What's your We thing? might not be talking about. What are you talking about? Mine is on the main list. So what's your thing? Oh, okay. My thing is thing? Shallow Believer being an EP. Okay. And then maybe that was my thing. <laughs> I, it's 10 tracks. I mean, we're not getting into it because you didn't pick it and I haven't picked it. Track, but Tracks is an album. Exactly. So why do they I consider it an EP? I, the B -side. I think it's because it's just B-sides. I, I think that's garbage. I was going to try. I, I think I was going to take Shallow Believer, but I think I got. Uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to pick. I'm going to take Imaginary Enemy. OK, I I like it. I actually like I like it more than Vulnerable. 
Okay. Um, I, I love the hook on Cry. And again, Bert is the only one, the only vocalist that I would let the weird vocal runs he does on this thing slide. <laughs> right. <laughs> he does. He's doing weird vocal runs all over this record. Like he's, yeah, he's like he he's like he's, he's like he's emo Christina Aguilera. Like he's honestly <laughs> running all over this record. For sure. <laughs> For sure. He's the only one that can get away with spelling out love yeah. the way he spelled it out on that track. Interesting thing. The, that track, the L-O-V-E, that, that track's written for me, by the way. There's no way it's not written oh, for me. I know. perfect for me. Yeah. Um, I, when I was doing, like, I wasn't making, like, mixtapes, like, for how you made for your wife and everything, but yeah. I would make, like, compilation albums, and I would name them things, like, spelled out like that. Like, okay. like B E E R O O T E A Y O U A Y L E like E L like brutal like that. I would spell it out in that manner. Gotcha. Um, this was another record that I didn't know. I didn't listen to until like three years ago when I sure. just it might have been two years ago. I don't know if it was that long. COVID has more ruined time. Yeah, it really but, has. I, I get so lost on years yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, generation throwaway is both a ballad and a call to arms simultaneously which is pretty wild there's a lot of revolution speak yeah. uh yeah. and they get more political than they ever been on this record 100 yeah. yeah imaginary enemy and kenna song they're both different vibes i really like both those tracks this record gets away with a lot of things that i wouldn't stand for from other bands but because of burke vocals i'm fine yeah, the, the hidden track lacks for me, but it fits the album. It's just kind of a sample with some instruments. Yeah, it's not it, that hidden track didn't do anything for me. No, like I was stoked that there was a hidden track yes. because I always like a hidden track, but then it just didn't. Yeah, it didn't do anything for me. So take your final pick. My final pick might be something you wouldn't think it was. My final pick is going to be live and acoustic at the palace. Okay, I kind of thought it might have been that, but uh, I, I, I would have been something different that we'll talk about. I love when heavy bands can do something like this mm-hmm. and do an acoustic set. I really, really love that Bert speaks to the crowd as much as he yeah. does on this live record. He talks about how much he loves playing it like multiple times in the record. He's like, Man, I love how this sounds. I wish I could just do this all the time with these same people. Yeah. Uh, there's like a choir on a couple songs. They cover Imagine. I was I was going to mention that as a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only the only downside for me is him covering Imagine or them covering Imagine. Only because that's one of those songs that A is over covered. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Just let it die. Just let it die. And B, I love John Lennon. I'm a I'm a I'm a John Lennon over Beatles fan. Like I too. like John Lennon more than the Beatles. And let it die. It's fine. Like let it be what it is. Like it is. Let it be. Hey, we're talking about I, Lennon here. I know. I apologize. Let it. Hey, he had some <laughs> stuff to do with let it be. But that song is just so beautiful in its own right that I don't need different versions of it. Like I just need the original John Lennon version. That'd be like if every if everybody was out here covering Working Class Hero, I would hate that song. Right. But I love that song. <laughs> but I, I like I appreciate like the sentiment he he speaks on about how much he loves John Lennon and how much of an influence he is and and all of that and how he's how Bert sees John Lennon and that's why they're covering the song. So I can appreciate that. But really, I I just love hearing these songs being played acoustically and of course there's another version of blue and yellow that (laughs) yes yeah i i needed it to happen so i love the acoustic version of overdose uh he talks about how it's written for his daughter Mm -hmm. he goes into a lot of explaining on a lot of these songs and it just adds so much background to them and yeah it's fantastic so with my final pick yep your final pick um, there's a there's a few a few to choose from. Yeah, no, uh, we can argue about it, but no, I'm <laughs> we I'm, just, I'm taking Shadow Believer. I'm taking Shadow okay, Believer. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, um, we're not arguing about it. I no, I for real think no. it should have been 
it's 10 it, songs, I mean, it's, dude. It's a collection of B-sides, and yes, I mean, I already talked about Choke Me, but yep. I, their B-sides were also solid. Like, I'm not against so, their B-sides. So solid, yeah. To the point where, when I was looking up used records, this was the first one I bought. This is the first one I managed was to it? get on vinyl, like, That's which is awesome. weird. Because then I listened to it, and when Choke Me was on there, I had like a weird one of those moments where I was like, no, this this wasn't a song. This was a hidden track. So I had, to like, <laughs> I had to like figure out what world I was in. Like, did I switch <laughs> right. to a different universe? Am I in a different yeah. dimension right now? That's funny. Uh, but I'm taking Shadow Believer. So then that means we left off one album that I think we should just talk about briefly. We need neither to talk of about us it. Chose, neither of us chose The Canyon. No. And uh, as you mentioned before, dedicated to his friend who had killed himself a week after going off his antidepressants. And yeah. It, it opens up with like a spoken word part about like talking about his friend and yeah. it's heart wrenching. It's, it's heavy, but yeah. this is the record that I hadn't listened to. The only one. Yeah. The Canon is the, is the one that I hadn't listened to. I think I messaged you when we were listening this week yeah, uh, saying, how did I, how did I miss this? Mm-hmm. It's huge. It's a double record. It yeah. is almost 80 minutes long. Yeah, it's way too long for me. There's a lot to digest with this record. John Feldman's not involved. This that's another reason I think I didn't like it as much. The it didn't have that song structure that I think John brought to all of these other records. Uh, I didn't have that sensibility that like pop sensibility weaving in and out of it. I think that if you Man, I'm not saying that because I was just going to sound like super like a super pretentious dickhead. <laughs> I think I think if you gave this record to a producer or an mm-hmm. engineer right now and they were able to bring out Bert's vocals more, this would be a much better record. His he, vocals are so buried under yeah. all of this. I can't stand it. That's I listen to the used. As I've said here, I listen to the used for Bert McCracken. I don't listen to the used. <laughs> For the music. And I right. understand that's unfair because there are a band there. They all are contributing. But when yeah. you bury your music, your, your vocalists that deep into the mix, it sounds crazy. Now, yeah. if that was an idea that they made to maybe set the tone and vibe fine, but it doesn't work for me. Right. It, do- it doesn't really work for me either. I get that this is dedicated to a certain person, mm-hmm. but everything seems so like you said, like not it's only bleak. is his vocals buried, yeah, it's just it's not there. It's not there for me. There's no chance for redemption in it, which is also fair. Like you do have yeah. to suffer and you do have to manage your trauma, however you do. But there are bright spots on. I think over and over again is a great song. I think Funeral Post gets close to what I want, but the production is still off. Uh, the spoken word part where he talks about how he thinks he got close to what he wanted to say, how the chorus is beautiful. He's yeah. absolutely right. That first yeah. track is is phenomenal. It's a great track. But yeah. all in all, it just it's an alt rock album. It's not a used album. It's an alt rock right. record. And between that and the production, it wasn't for me. I wonder if that was due to the production too. I'd I'd say so, but if that was the aim, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's hard to say. Yeah. But I'm glad they got a chance to do it because it, it seems exactly what they wanted to do. I'll always right. say that if an artist is doing what it, they seem they want to do. Perfect. And I think going back to after Canyon, like coming back with heartwork shows that maybe Canyon was necessary to process that sure. in order to get back to being the used. Yeah. So I'm thankful for it. If that's the case, I just, by the way, Tara loves the Canyon. Does she? It might be her favorite used record, if not oh, wow. top two. Like she loves the Canyon, and it's I, just not my bag. I think I need to give it more time, because, uh, like I said, they're they're a band that their mm-hmm. records seem to just grow on me. Yeah, uh, and not having having not listened to this uh, before this week, I don't think I've had enough time to like stew in it. Well, so I maybe I'll appreciate it more later. Of the week in like a month. <laughs> it's a possibility, uh, but I don't know. It is long, long. L- no, it's it's not just long. It's long in all caps. It's long. Yeah. It's yeah. really long. Seventeen tracks at seventy-eight minutes. Yeah, it's yeah. it's absolutely a double record. 
And yeah. by the way, if it if it seems long listening to it, like how you probably did like streaming or digitally, yeah. It feels just as long, if not longer, when you're spinning that vinyl. I imagine it feels so long. <laughs> it was hard. It was hard purchasing that vinyl, but I've got a really good deal on it. So I was like, Tara loves it, whatever. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I, at that point, I was a completionist, and now I yeah. can't find the fuck. I can't find fucking artwork. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was fun. one more release they had that we didn't pick. Uh, maybe Memories, mm-hmm. which is a B-sides and live and demo. Quite possibly has my favorite Christmas song on it ever (laughs) alone this holiday uh having the used write a christmas track is uh funny to me but live versions of maybe memories a box full of uh, a box full of sharp objects on my own and say days ago we have demo versions of it could be a good excuse zero mechanism and bulimic and then like i said the christmas track alone this holiday and two other tracks just a little and sometimes i just go for it they were both unreleased from their debut record. Yep. And I think that's, I, I think maybe Memories came out right after their debut. And I think that's why I liked it. I think so. So, yeah. cause that was then all you had at, the, at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Even their B sides and demos are really great. So, to wrap up the used discography draft, Scott had first pick and his collection is self titled The Used in Love and Death artwork vulnerable and live and acoustic at the palace i went on a tear bro yeah you did those first three are hard to hard to compete against Uh, i had the second pick and then meaning i got screwed (laughs) i picked i picked lies for liars heartwork birth imaginary enemy and shallow believer there is i I didn't I, i didn't see myself picking imaginary enemy i didn't see it happening but it was what was left on the board and i did enjoy the record uh, yeah, it I was, still uh, enjoyed the Canyon, but it was definitely the lowest used record for me. Yeah, I we can agree on that. Imaginary Enemy was one that I could have picked at the end if you didn't pick okay. it. Okay. Instead of the acoustic live record, I probably would have picked Imaginary Enemy, but uh, you. I picked figured it. the I figured acoustic would be up your alley. I figured you. Oh would yeah. Be ready to roll. One hundred percent. It it's like I I talked about it already, but yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. But Imaginary Enemy is uh, a great lower tier used record every every one of their records aside from canyon still has that used feel in them even no matter how different they are yeah and i think through the four four of these we've done so far that's kind of a connecting thing is their best records are always the ones that still have their own personal feel yeah let us know who you think won this Scott's I know top three are hard to argue with. <laughs> your top, top three are hard to argue with, but I think I think I could put up a fight with what I got. You came through with some good ones too. Yeah, I, I think I could put up a fight. So let us know. Said uh, let us know on Twitter at AOL Pod. Let us know in, with an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmail.com. Let us know in the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes to that. Uh, other than that, I don't really have anything. Do you, Scott? No. Thanks for this episode. I love doing these discography drafts with you. Yeah, I do too. It's super I love, fun. I love any episode we do, if I'm being honest. Thank you for oh, the yeah, friendship. For sure. Thank you for the episode. Um, if you haven't listened to Used, go listen to Used. For sure. Great band. Are you listening? Maybe not the Canyon, though. Are you listening? <laughs>